Chris. I'm here with my good friend Zach. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. You know, feeling uh, uh, super or you know, ultimate dynamic. I don't know. Invincible. Some would say. Oh God. (laughs) But uh, I don't. I don't know the song. I don't know the song. But it was just every time they did that, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, no, it was there was a lot. So in case you haven't figured out uh, the uh, the god awful shoehorn that we, you know, start out with pretty much every episode through either Zach or myself, since I've driven him to madness. We're talking about <laughs> Invincible this week. Um, we're not breaking down the entire universe. We are gonna put a poll in the description to see if you guys want to hear more about Invincible because Zach and I were talking beforehand, and when I did research into this episode and when he did research into this episode, we were both just kind of like dang, this is a really cool and kind of weird universe, so we'd love to talk about it, but we're only going to do that if you guys want to hear about it because the show is still in development. Um, it got greenlit for season two. It's supposed to be super long. They're saying like 20 episodes, so it's and probably going to be a while before we get it. Right. It's also obviously going to be different from the comics as as yeah, it honestly should be. It should not. I don't – and that see, that's the thing. I have discussions with people, especially with like the MCU. I don't particularly want a full one-to-one. Of, like, okay, perfect example, Age of Ultron, the mm-hmm. movie, nothing like the like the nothing comic of the like same the name. Yeah. However, you know, or like, um, I'm trying to think of something. Like, I, if they gave me Planet Hulk, I don't want literally one-to-one with the com- I already read the comic. Yeah, give us something know, new. Give me give me some of the similar stuff, but don't let it be one to one. You know, yeah. that's the thing. It's like I if it's one to one, I'm going to get bored because I already know what's supposed to happen. Now, if you start it off like that and then throw me for a loop, I'm like, oh, shit. OK, as long as it's a good loop, you throw me for a good curveball. I'm going to like it. You Sometimes we get bad curveballs. However, <laughs> I'm looking at you, MCU Quicksilver. Hey, can't run past bullets my ass but for real (laughs) but like the show don't give me the i mean i haven't fully read the comics of invincible Uh, chris i know you want to and Mm -hmm. you totally should because then at that point that's something comic book related that you have more knowledge than i do but don't give me just the comic book in animation form like change it up give me the characters but then change things up figure out different ways to do different things or omit things entirely Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense Based on the research that I did this past couple of days, it's it, it seems like season one is definitely different than what we get within like the OG versions of the Invincible comics, and we're going to talk about it a little bit today. But we are going to be talking somewhat multiversal. We're going to be talking about an event within the Invincible series called Invincible War that deals with alternative marks coming into his universe due to like literally one guy who we're also going to talk about. But as far as I know, once again, don't know a ton about it other than what I read the past couple days is that it's, it's not multiversal like Marvel or DC. Like we're not going to get different versions of every character. As far as I know, at this point, we only have different versions of Mark and we're going to talk about a couple of them because there's a couple that are significant. We're going to talk about one that I, one that has an achievement that Zach and I both agree is fucking bullshit unless it's specific parameters. We're going to talk about that because I'm a little heated yep. about it. But yeah, once again, so it's like kind of a compressed version of the multiverse that we're used to than we normally talk about. And obviously we've been doing independent comic episodes for the past couple of weeks. So we're going to continue this train for maybe 
another episode or so, however long Zach and I think is cool, and then we'll jump back to our regular scheduling. But it, that being said, if you guys want to hear about more about Invincible's universe and have us explain more characters, I am happy to look into that because he's got some really like honestly i think the bad guys the antagonist of invincible's universe is kind of the coolest part um and that's how you know that a series is done well create create somebody who's super super cool but also really awesome to hate so we're talking about invincible today but before we do that i want to jump into what we're reading about zach what have you been turning the pages of this last week my friend i finished fractions hawkeye i finished batman zero year Woo! you did it oh yes i did it yay listen it was good it's just i think i was like as i'm reading it i'm like i think i picked the wrong time to read correctly (laughs) (laughs) and so what do i do when i finish two giant ones i got three more so but the first one i picked up was the collection of shattered grid from the power rangers episode where it's funny because i people i went and i got it with they were like don't you already have that didn't you already read that you know, and I'm like, yeah, I have him, but in single issue form. This is for if I want to reread it. And it's like, basically, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm being a little lazy. But also, it's like, I had, those are when they first came out. Right. This is for me to reread. So I don't have to worry about damaging the single issues. Mm-hmm. A good way to describe it is think that you were learning the English language one word at a time. And you have a sheet of paper for each word. That's great. But if you can put it all into one book, a.k.a. the dictionary, you would want that because you exactly. don't have to flip through all the pages. You can just physically get to where you want because it's organized better. Exactly. And I did also catalog since I gave I now know I gave Chris about 99 of my graphic novels. Pretty sick. Yeah. And then well, I that got was a few also, more afterwards. Yeah, that was also like I say a few, but it's a lot. I think that list was also before or after i think while i was getting stuff for you chris i also was adding in certain things because i noticed a lot of the stuff of the stack that i didn't put away was already in my catalog i just didn't physically put it away right so i probably gave you more than 99 and just the math came out to you got 99 well you gave me you gave me the full list of like almost 400 and i selected what i wanted based on what i had read and what i hadn't read And then I'm just so, like, and now every now and again I take a look at it. And I'm like, I could send Chris more. I'm like, yeah, but that's <clears> money. <laughs> that's shipping money. <laughs> suck. Yeah, and that was a lot. Yeah, last time you just drove him here, which was a lot easier. So yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll give you more when you come down here if you do, which yeah, I don't yeah. blame you for not. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's going on with that. <laughs> but yeah, what are you reading, Chris? I uh, after the recent debut of the full not TV spot. Multiverse of Madness trailer. I've been reading X-Men. Um, I've been reading X-Men First Class, the Jeff Parker, Roger Cruz, and Kevin Nowlin, um, which is great because there was a lot of it I had read, but there was a couple stories in the book that you gave me that I hadn't read, particularly one with Thor that I was very excited to read about. Um, but it was really nice revisiting the old ones that I had as my childhood. So I have like two collections of the x-men books and one of them has the stories i do and the other one has a couple that are extra um so it 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 was also just nice to go back because i realized that i hadn't read these in a while so i had kind of forgotten about a lot of stuff um very very early x-men classic team right iceman cyclops beast jean gray angel professor x and it's like beast before he was blue and fuzzy so it's you know i love origin stories so it's always fun to revisit it and also kind of like fly back to my childhood 
for like a couple hours, which was, you know, as haunting as it was entertaining. So there you go. But lots of X-Men, um, especially since we're definitely going to see Patrick Stewart in Multiverse of Madness with the Illuminati because we're not stupid. And he's listed <laughs> no. on the IMDb and we all know what's going to happen. So just I know. shocked about it. Chris and I were watching quickly the uh, trailers, and I put the subtitles on, and it just says Mysterious Voice. And I'm like, we're not morons. Like, we know, we who, know who that is. Yeah. One thing we don't know, this is not the Multiverse of Madness breakdown episode, but I'm going to talk about this real quick because Zach and I have different theories about who that Captain Marvely looking being is. The Goliath person it, is. I thought it was Photon. Zach thinks it's Iron Lad. I, so, so we'll which, see what happens. Yes, it could be not monica rambeau from wandavision it would be her mom yeah like she gets powers instead of get instead of carol danvers which which is kind of interesting i think it's ireland only because and this is my thing yeah i'm going off of how the person looks it's also you know they're glowing so things are obscured i can't see like body and somehow <laughs> even though they're glowing that doesn't really narrow down the list at all no <laughs> it, not it at doesn't all. help us a lot that's the no, thing i mean and yeah, I'm going off of the fact that they are a person of color, so mm-hmm. it's not Tom Cruise Iron Man, a superior Iron Man. Though I still would like it if he's still on the on the Illuminati, it'd be dope. But I think it's Iron Lad because they they casted Jonathan Majors so early before Ant Man three even comes out, and they're like he's gonna be Kang in that. Why did you cast him now? Like you, yeah. they casted him before Loki even came out, or they announced that they casted him. I'm like. There's no way that you're not going to use him in other things. Use him in Loki. So why won't it, you use it in Doctor Strange too? It would be really cool to see him as Iron Man, but um, yeah. we we got to end it there because we don't want to go off on a tangent about what we no, think we'll is going to happen. I we can maybe do a little episode for that, honestly, just because we like, probably should. And so many theories. By at least release it. I don't know when we'll record it, but by at the end of six, you know, about maybe over a week from now. We could mm-hmm. tie it in, maybe do Multiverse of Madness and and or a uh, Spider-Man 3. Because at, oh. po- at that point, it should be out in digital. Yeah. Um, by the way, happy two-day, everybody. It is officially 2-22-2022 as we're recording this. Um, I would say we're this not gonna is the get that day. for another 200. We're not going to get that for another 200 years. Exactly. So welcome. welcome. You're, you're privileged to be... Not only listening to our sultry voices, but to be listening to them on this momentous day. So, anyways. Well, as of this recording. As of this recording, you're not going to be able to like this post today because it won't be released today. Um, So, we're talking about Invincible. Since we're talking about Invincible, you got to know about about Mark Grayson. You got to know about Invincible himself. So, we're going to start there. So The Superboy analog. (laughs) Superboy analog. At the age of seven years old, Mark is told by his father that he is what's known as a half-human, half-viltramite. So his father is viltramite, his mother is human. That's, so his uh, father... an homage yeah. to the Daxamites from DC Comics, which are just yeah. Kryptonians that left Krypton. Oh, yeah. There's lots of analogs here, so you're going you're gonna to hear about them. But, <clears throat> so, he has this whole conversation with Mark, his father, Nolan, a.k.a. Omni-Man, who's also going to pop a- up here and there. A.k.a. Uh, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That man does not play a character without a mustache. No, or somebody who beats up kids. Like, All so right. consistent. What's the second one? Whiplash. I would say that he verbally abuses Peter Parker, definitely. Okay, that's that's <laughs> So, no, um, yeah. Not, so. Kid, not kids, just 
no. young adults. Young adults, teenagers. Um, <laughs> so his father is a Viltrumite, and he is sent to Earth to protect it. Right? His father quote is unquote. In, yeah, quote unquote protect it. His dad is insanely powerful, right? And he tells Mark one day that he's going to develop the same powers. And these are sort of like invinci- somebody named Invincible. You can think of what that power comes from, obviously. You get the flight, enhanced durability, speed. Um, as long as they hold their breath in space, they're okay. Um, you know, it, it, Invincible, essentially. So he waits and waits and waits for his powers to develop. They don't happen until he's in his senior year in high school when he's working at this burger joint. And he's taken out the trash. He's pissed off by something that happened at work. And he flings the trash bag, and it goes flying into the stratosphere. So his powers develop, right? And as they develop, he works pretty closely with his dad to hone his new skills. Um, and he is also sort of invited into his father's world, right? That happens more so in the show than it does in the comic. We're going to talk about a little bit more specifically how towards the end of what we're talking about with Mark here. So he gets invited. He learns about the Global Defense Agency, Cecil Stedman, as well as, you know, team teams, Guardians of the Globe, who we already knew, but now he's a little bit more closely associated with, right? Speaking of the Guardians of the Globe, um, they are massacred pretty early. Um, they are absolutely just very, ripped to shreds. Very brutally, too. And I love, I have to say, it, my first foray with this universe, which they did change certain things. I looked into it. They changed certain things to remove some characters from uh, the show and the comics of the Guardians of the Globe. Right. That threw me off, and I was like, oh, episode's over, okay, and then I still hear talking, and I'm like, what the, what? And yeah. then it continues, and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, cool, murder. I'm like, hi. Oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> a whole thing. It, it was really, it was, I loved it, but it was really funny. Like, the first episode, it's like, barely, not even really any blood, you know, no one's really getting hurt. No, no innocent, non-superpower person got hurt. Even a superpower person didn't even bleed, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, great murder i'm like what the fuck (laughs) yeah brutal gory murder and once again omni-man is at the scene when the guardians of globe are murdered but he is the only survivor right we of course know that omni-man is the murderer of the guardians of the globe he single-handedly kills all of them for reasons that we'll explain in a bit but mark does not know this right so immortal one of the globe members is actually revived by the Mahler twins and he remembers everything. He remembers Omni-Man showing up, remembers Omni-Man killing everything and then pretending that he was attacked as well. Right? So he flies off to fight him. Mark is actually out buying comics when he sees a news report on the TV of Immortal fighting his father. And he flies to the scene and witnesses his father stick his thumbs, or no, not stick his thumbs. He essentially just, like, stick both his hands in a mortal and pulls them outwards and just literally rips the dude in half, right? Mark sees all of this, right? And then there's that coveted line, Mark, I think we need to have a talk, right? So Mark is questioning Nolan. He's like, what the hell is going on? I have no idea why you're killing a mortal when you're supposed to be protecting the Earth and working with him. And he finds out that his father lied to him about what the Viltrumites are and what they are doing. So the Viltrumites were actually, they are a very powerful space alien race, right? And Nolan tells him that after the murder of their emperor, Viltrumites engaged in essentially planet-wide combat, killing off the weakest ones in their race so that only the strong remain. And then, under the new leadership of the Viltrumite Thrag, they turned their attention to conquering other planets, killing anybody ruthlessly who doesn't agree with their new rule. Right? And Nolan rationalizes this as the Viltrumites taking over the planet could help 
so many people. And in a sense, he's kind of right because they have way more advanced technology than we do. They're way more capable, but at the same time, they are absolutely totalitarian and absolute in their views. Like it's their way or death. That's it. And it's not even like there is something no highway. Nice. There, there, the highway is destroyed. Omni Man punched a hole in the highway, <laughs> and if you don't listen, he's gonna punch a hole in you, right? So there's that whole thing going on. This totally screws up Mark's world, and he tries to reason with his dad at first, um, but Nolan doesn't agree with him, and ultimately starts beating up Mark pretty badly, right? So they battle, but it's not really a battle. It's more of an ass kicking. Omni-Man just kicks the shit out of Invincible. This happens in the show, just as bad as it happens in the comics. I think the comics... I think the show is a little bit more graphic simply because there's this effect when you take comic styles from panels on a comic book and put it on the TV. When you animate it, you have to fill in the gaps. So mm-hmm. when you're when you're illustrating a comic book, you can do panel by panel. Therefore, it's not like a continuous shot. You don't consistently see frames. You see moments in time. When you're looking at it in a show, it's all filled in. It has to look realistic. So I would say the show is definitely more brutal simply because you get more information simply because you have to, right? But that being said, it's rough either way, right? So um, Omni-Man just absolutely throws him through buildings. He single-handedly pushes him through a subway train. He destroys major cities. He throws him to the bottom of the ocean and finally, like, punches him into the side of a mountain all just to prove a point that, like, you know, at the end of the day, Mark is going to live 500 years, right? As long as Omni-Man doesn't kill him right here. And that these people of Earth won't know anything. They won't remember anything. At the end of the day, they're human or they're still human until the Viltrumites show up. And this ultimately leads to the question after Nolan's been beaten on Mark for so long. He's like, what are you going to have after 500 years on this planet that will remember you or that will be worth anything to you? And he's like, I'll have you, Dad, because you're Viltrumite too. And Nolan gets ready to, like, deal the final blow, and he can't do it. His emotion just completely overcomes him, and he flies off into space, leaves his post, which is, like, a big deal for the Viltrumites, right? Because they're—I don't want to say they're not not about honor, but they are about duty. And so Nolan leaving his post is very significant because no Viltrumite that we know, at least, has ever done that. I think it expands in the comics a little bit more, but I'm not entirely sure. And he just leaves Mark on the side of the mountain, like, literally just destroyed— like, the dude is, like, barely holding together. If it, one more punch, and he'd be pieces, essentially, right? So after Mark is rescued on the mountain, he's rescued by the defense agency. In the show, you see him meet Cecil Steadman a lot earlier on in the comic books. This is when he meets Cecil. This is the first time. So Cecil is kind of like a hero when he shows up, right? The whole battle with Omni-Man at the end does involve Cecil, but he doesn't introduce himself to Mark until after his father tries to kill him. Mark starts to work with Cecil, and Cecil realizes that, you know, Mark is one of the good ones because he was fighting his father, which is essentially an impossible fight just to save Earth. Um, and they get pretty close. Right. And soon after, Mark actually meets another ally who he also meets in the show earlier than he does in the comics. Alan the alien. Right. Who is an emissary for the coalition of planets, I believe. And, you know, essentially flies around looking for Viltrumite threats. And he finds out that Nolan was on Earth and comes to tell Mark and Mark fills him in on everything, talking about, you know, his father, how he's half Viltrumite, how he's protecting Earth, and his father left his post, and he gains an ally, right? And it's actually Alan the alien who tells us, he's like, a Viltrumite left his post? He's like, that's unheard of. That never happens. And so that gives Mark a little bit more 
perspective as well, right? And so Mark's next move after all of this is to just try and finish high school while also maintaining the stresses of being invincible and dealing with the Global Defense Agency and everything that came with it. So that's just like a quick rundown of who Mark is himself. His story obviously builds, and I believe in the comics he does reunite with his father, but I'm not going to talk too much about that because, honestly, I don't know what happens, and I don't want to spoil anything because this is still relatively new. So, I mean, relatively new being almost, I think this came out like 2009-ish. So it's not that new, but it's still newer than some of the stuff we talk about. So I want to be careful with that. Um, but yeah, that's Mark Grayson. And the multiverse version of this episode doesn't come from Mark Grayson. It comes from this next guy who Zach is going to talk about, which I, if anything, we could probably thank this guy for giving us an episode. Probably would have still talked about Invincible <laughs> anyways, but you know. So this this is this so this is uh Angstrom Levy. I'm gonna Levy. say Levy. Yeah. Yeah. So before Mark's dad, Omni Man, leaves Earth, one of the villains that Mark comes into contact with is Angstrom. And he's an enhanced human with an incredible intellect because he unlocked the ability to travel dimensions. Mm-hmm. And As when he travels do. dimensions, I I just I wanna make sure that we're clear about this. It's not teleporting. He's not teleporting within the mainstream dimension of mainstream mark he is physically going to other planes so it is multiversal yep uh yeah it's not like it's not like going to asgard or anything it's no. literally physically transporting himself into another timeline basically exactly uh so he uses this ability to save another version of himself and make this version aware that there's a multiverse uh, all right <laughs> uh sure i guess kind kind of a lot of knowledge to throw on one version of himself he does do it for a specific reason that um, I will, i'll let you get to before i explain yeah he frees the Mahler twins which i'm pretty sure are those blue guys mm-hmm. and actually one person who has cloned himself countless yeah the Mahler twins have cloned themselves countlessly to double his intelligence and ensure that their you know their scientific plans come to fruition but they i think i think in the show they also just like well you know they make sure that, you know, neither one of them know if they're the original or not. And I think at this point, it's safe to say neither one of the twins are the original person. But, you know, they're like, all right, nobody can tru- neither one of them truly knows, okay, who just put the machine together and made the clone? <laughs> right. Yeah. They make some they make some hand-wavy reason for it, but I'm like, all right, sure. So Angstrom asked them to make a device capable of transferring every Ang- Ang- Angstrom all their knowledge to him. Sure. I mean... Which is why he lets that other version of himself know about the multiverse. To sort of, like, expand his intellect and get him start thinking about other possibilities. Angstrom is trying to become the smartest version of himself anywhere. Uh, Sure. Which, you know, we've seen before and we've seen how it went. So, there you go. Great. So, (laughs) it went (laughs) swimmingly, apparently. (laughs) So, Angstrom fights off Invincible... And he summons countless waves of the Mahler twins to defeat Mark. However, the director trying to kill Mark, Angstrom takes the device off his head and halts the process. So even though he stopped the experiment, the leftover knowledge gives him a huge advantage. I guess they didn't want he didn't really want them to kill Mark. They just wanted him to stop yeah. to like slow him down. It's all about his grand plan. He's a schemer, Zach. Ugh. Yeah, that's a word <laughs> for it. The device disfigures him. As it does, you know, they it gives him a crease, a crease back that extends to the back of his head, 
you know, he disappears into another dimension, ran uh, run by a race called the the technicians, I think. Technicians. Mm. I listen. I wanted to sound more alien, but if it's technicians, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. So they fix him, but then as he but he uses his new like his knowledge of the dimensions, and he finds out Mark's identity, threatens his family, breaks Mark's Mark's mother's arm. And then Mark arrives, see what's happening, and Angstrom also reveals he's got super strength. Surprise, mm-hmm. motherfucker. <laughs> they cause some impressive destruction, which I think is the whole point of the Invincible Universe. It's like, then they don't hold back on, oh, the hero saved the day. Yeah, well, what else? Yeah, but what did you fuck up? Yeah, everybody's dead. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people died. Like, nobody gives a shit, dickhead. Oh, yeah. um, so he he pins uh, Angstrom down and, and beats him to death. Because I think mark has anger issues no you think <laughs> yeah well it also i feel i think it comes with the culture might even mix yeah and then he actually survived the encounter as the technicians repaired him once again and he's even more disfigured and then Ekstrom fakes his death months later to enact his plan and finds evil counterparts of invincible from across the multiverse and recruits them to deal under the deal that they can expand their empires as long as they destroy this uh, main Mark's dimension, which I guess really isn't main Mark, but we can make the assumption it is the main universe. It's our Mark. That's what we. Think. Yeah, the one that we're reading about. It's not like yeah. if you destroy this, if you destroy this guy, you all go. It's literally yeah. just the one we're reading about, the one that we learn about, and then yeah. this brings on the Invincible War, and there's nothing left to dis- discuss about Angstrom because he's dead, uh... or supposedly dead. He leaves. Right, so Angstrom does pop up a little bit more within the Invincible arc, um, but I think he does kind of fall to the side. I don't know what happens to him exactly. I read as far as Invincible War and didn't want to spoil a thing for myself or you guys. So um, as far as his whereabouts within the universe after the fact, you're going to have to read it, and I'm going to have to read it, and then we'll have to talk about it. Maybe, if you guys want to hear about it. So there you go. But now we get into the fun stuff. Now we get into the multiversal marks. Ooh, I like that. For some reason, I picture Mark. I, I, I picture like different versions of Mark Wahlberg, from like Marky Mark to Ted Mark, <laughs> <laughs> where he runs like a Tom Walls and stuff like that. Ah, okay. This is a short story I'm gonna write later. Anyways, first multiversal Mark that we run into, or probably one of the the more noticeable ones, is known as Sinister Mark or Alternate Mark 16. So all of these have a number simply because they don't have an Earth designation, um, because that's not how Invincible runs its universe. Thankfully, this one is so gnarly that he stands out and has, or like, given himself um, like a pseudo name to go with his actual name. So, once the alternate Mark seen Invincible War or alternate Mark 16, known as Sinister Mark, right? Once again, don't have that designation. His dimension is much more evil aligned to start, right? It's just like a darker dimension as it is. Um, but the defining moment that made Sinister Mark the way he is was the murder of his mother when he was young. And then in addition to that, there are key characters within our Mark's universe that are omitted in his universe that would have potentially changed his moral alignment. So they just absolutely double down on the negative, getting Sinister Mark as awful as possible, right? He really quickly climbs to the top as the most ruthless and evil person within his dimension. Um... And he develops a liking for cannibalism and consistently trying to find new ways to torture his captured enemies. Like they real Robert Kirkman leans into it hard. He I was going to say like, like as gross as possible. He's like, we're going to call him Sinister Mark. How sinister can I make him? 
let's have him meet people, right? I mean, and it's also, it, it's Robert Kirkman. Like, if you've seen his other, if you're familiar with Robert Kirkman, he does gnarly shit. So gnarly to the point that, like, some people that I know that are into gnarly shit are just kind of like, yeah, this is too much for me. I so, mean, like, like, okay. I mean, a, a great Listen, example of this is just no... watching episode one of Invincible at the end. The last seven minutes, that brutal scene where Omni-Man kills everybody. It's awful. It's completely silent, and it's just gore and blood-splatting noises. Like, that's it. That's that's yeah. full essence Robert Kirkman right there. I, I just, it's weird, because it's like, all right. Like, there's a point, and I'm not, listen, I'm not defending cannibalism, but mm-hmm. there's, there, now I'm kind of like, okay, but what led him to doing that? Because if it's just for shits and giggles, then that's lazy writing, on, I'll be honest. It was like, there was a reason, and he right. happened to enjoy doing, like, the taste. It's like, okay. He's still I mean, fucked up. I'm just it, saying. It, yeah, no, just, it, I'm, he just ate people for the sake of it. Then it's like, that's like being evil for evil's sake. It's like, no, you, there's motivation behind your evilness. Right, right. You, not necessarily humanize him, but there has to be motivation. I hear that. And I think in the wiki, it very quickly talks about, and the other sources that I found, it talks about that he develops a taste for human flesh. They don't talk about how specifically it happens. But I'll read up to this point, and I'll let you know, Zach, if it's lazy writing or not. But as for now, we know that he likes eating people and torturing people. So he is then recruited by Angstrom after he becomes sort of like the totalian ruler of his dimension. And he lays waste to several cities and nearly kills Oliver Grayson, Mark's half-brother, but spares him because he realizes that he simply does not match his powers and experience. And so he leaves him. He's like, you are beneath me. There's no reason for me to engage with you, right? After the invasion of all of Angstrom's evil multiversal marks, um, they meet back up, and Angstrom Levy reveals that this was only phase one of his plan, with phase two having the remaining followers find marks so Angstrom can punish him, quote-unquote. So they wanted to break him down by destroying his earth, destroying his town, destroying the people he loves— and then when he's broken down, capture him, bring him to Angstrom, right? However, Sinister Mark, being the guy that he is, insists that they should find another dimension to destroy or simply just kill Angstrom because they don't need him anymore since their fighting force is not only halved after the invasion, but this dimension is completely screwed up. It's just absolutely demolished, right? Everything is destroyed. So in response to this, Angstrom sends Sinister Mark and the others who are rallying with him to a quote-unquote wasteland dimension, trapping them there. And when he sends them there, somehow Mainstream Mark also ends up there too. I'm pretty sure he ends up there after the fact, after his own confrontation with Levy. But now we have Mainstream Mark and these other, I believe it's seven or eight Marks trapped in there with him. And that's where I'm going to leave that for Sinister Mark, because it continues on with this next character that we're going to talk about. That is... An interesting one that I want to read a little bit more about, because it looks like his story continues after this event. But this is Zach's, so I'll let him take it. Yeah, so this is alternate mark number four, or Mohawk mark. His distinguishableness is, you know, obvious features, which is a little bit more aligned with going back in his home dimension. And he realized it wasn't worth it, and he, worth it to continue protecting people on Earth and getting nothing in return. Yeah, I, I just I just want to mention that there's something of note. I'll, I'll let you keep going in a second here, Zach. But Angstrom recruits a lot of different marks. Most of the multiversal versions of Mark that we find are evil aligned. So when we talk about our Mark, he's very much an outlier. 
a lot of the other marks that we run into are they've either been recruited by Omni Man or the Viltrumites or extremists in their own beliefs due to their power, or they've had something just awful and by chance happened to them that radicalizes them. But more often than not, the different versions of Mark are just scumbags in the worst in the worst sense. There's there's one of them that we talked about before we did this episode that he's got like a veiny bald head and he's supposed to be like an homage to burnt Anakin Skywalker from episode three. Like it's, it's really weird, but also kind of cool. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that most of them that you're going to run into are real son of a bitches. Well, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it like, well, you got to think about it. Why would this man, why would Angstrom get good guys? You know, that doesn't help his yeah. plans. He needs the bad guys. So right. Mohawk Mark uh, then enlisted, was then enlisted by Omni-Man to help him take over the Earth, and his partner, Adam Eve, actually considered helping him until she saw him ruthlessly killing Rex Splode, and Mohawk was forced to kill her and the rest of Teen Team. So this is, like, kind of early on in his Invincible career, mm-hmm. because I think by that point, the, the Teen Team was not the Teen Team anymore. I don't remember. They moved on, so this was definitely like early in his life of being Invincible. He's like, oh, I'm being a hero, and I get nothing. The fuck is this bullshit? Yeah. Which is always a point of contention in comics, I think, with being a hero. Mm-hmm. So then Mohawk Mark uh, killed one of the two Mahler twins and destroyed the equipment to prevent a cloning process. So there was just one of them left. And after he became emperor of the Viltrumites, he had his forces uh, continually hit Mahler's base to prevent it further. So it's like, even if you can keep cloning, you like, there's no point. Right, because he can just rebuild the tech. By himself, he can do it. So right. but it's like keep, sure but it's like keep, keep hitting, keep going after him. You keep distracting him from ever completing it. Exactly, exactly. And so it was when he was approached by uh, Angstrom, and he took his place in the invasion and destroyed most of New York City and battling mainstream Mark, who he was evenly matched with. Well, yeah, because it's like, because it's they went from the same point and then they diverged, and now at that point in mainstream Mark's life, it's when he would be for Mohawk Mark. So, yeah, it yeah, kind of makes be, sense. It would be weird to get an evil version back in his early part of his life. It would make it was like, well, now he's weaker. It makes no sense, which I think some of them probably were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I, like I, Angstrom was like, I just got to grab bad guys. Yeah, he, I just I just need men. That's it. Mm-hmm. I need I just need bodies, basically. So mm-hmm. trapped in the same wasteland, as we mentioned before, Mohawk and Mainstream Mark teamed up against Sinister Mark, because even Sinister Mark was, even Mohawk was probably looking at Sinister like, hey, yo, go fucking chill. Yeah. <laughs> he's, even, he's, like, intensely evil. Yeah, it's like, bro, I mean, I'm a bad guy, but good God. But you're, like, a really bad guy. <laughs> you are Satan incarnate. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, so even after that uh, Mohawk participated in the cannibalism of other Marks, that they were trapped, well, okay. Yeah. See, so. see that's the point. That's my thing. They did it to live. Mm-hmm. Not a good thing, no. but he did it to live. Sinister, I feel like, just did it because he said, fuck it. Right. It was an option for Sinister, and he very much... They talk about this. He goads the rest of the marks that are trapped there with him into choosing who to eat first. Like, he very much... He plays the field very, very well to the point that it's literally Mohawk Mark and, like, another one left. And he very easily overpowers the second one. But, you know, Mohawk Mark participates in eating some of them. But 
you know, at the end ultimately turns against Sinister Mark. So that tells you that he was just like, you know, I was doing this to survive. This is not chill. I don't want to keep doing this type thing. Right. No, Sinister Mark seems like the kind of guy who would, he just does it because it's a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when Try Sinister Step Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God. I'm just going <laughs> to. Sorry. I hate that you said that. that Go ahead. <laughs> Lord. All right. So when Sinister attempted to kill Mainstream Mark, I'm gonna start calling them by their like by the little anecdotes instead of all mm-hmm. Mark blank Mark. It's just the... so when Sinister attempted to kill Mainstream, Mohawk uh, blindsided him and beat him to death with the two leaving the dimension for good. Mm-hmm. However, they ended up in in Angstrom's trap and both are in prison. However, both of them took down Angstrom. Oh, uh, well, they were both going to, and then he just releases them. Yeah, cause... they're actually they're actually able to talk Angstrom down. Yeah, they're like, oh, kind of interesting. Right. So that shows you Mohawk isn't evil, evil. He's just. He's vindictive. Yeah. He's also just. He. His universe, and this is my mind, he, in that universe, he he understood what his father, where his father was coming from in his speech that they give, that he gives his son in uh, the show. Mm-hmm. Without having to obviously get the snot kicked out of him. But it was like early in his life, he understands where his father's coming from. Mainstream Marks doesn't and never yeah. will. Which is yeah. the whole point. So, Mohawk actually uh, pulls Angstrom into his, his portal right before it closes with the intent of keeping him alive so he can fulfill his bargain with him. So, I guess he went home and just said, no, nah, you're coming with me. Yeah, he brought Angstrom with him so that he was like, you're going to help me continue to expand my empire. He was like, you promised me that if I did this, you would give me this. And you haven't given me this. He's like, so you're coming with me. And that's where Mohawk's Mark's can, like, story continues um, I read a little bit about it, about what happens with Angstrom, but not too much. Um, but it seems kind of interesting. So then we move on to alternate Mark 8, who does not have a specific designation because he's not really that special. Other than what I'm about to tell you, Mark 8 wears exclusively the Viltrumite attire, right? So when you see OG Omni-Man in the show when he's wearing like the white and silver, that's the Viltrumite stuff, right? And apparently in Mark 8's uh, dimension... He killed Spawn, which Zach and I are both just kind of like, that seems like... No, nope. based yeah, on no. our Spawn episode, no. 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 <laughs> like, Again, it would, if, it was, it, it, if it was if it was Al Simmons and he just started being Spawn, right. maybe. Right. However, if he, if, yeah. again, you kill him, he goes back to hell and he comes back. I don't... Unless you killed him with a holy weapon, there's no way you... Or a, a weapon from hell, there's no way you actually killed him. He had to have, yeah, he had to have gotten a little bit of help there or something like that. Or maybe he influenced Spawn into doing something he wasn't supposed to. Or, like you said, it was very early Al Simmons when he still had the necroplasm timer, because that's like a big thing. Once he ran out of necroplasm, he was just Al, and he had to return to hell at some point. It was his choice when he returned, so he I very mean, yeah. easily could have just made like him I said, I could run see, through his powers. I, I could see that like, he makes him run through his powers, he... Then he holds on to him and he can't leave and then he just disappears. Like, okay. Yeah, exactly. But that had to have been like early Al Simmons where it's like like he just like he just got back. Like there's no way. Yeah. There's no way you got him at any point later in his life. He he should have been killed. Uh, yeah. As far as um alternate Mark Eight fighting spawn in this universe, I don't think it happens in Invincible we don't War, see but it. I, I think he probably mentions it. Yeah, I think he, yeah, I, there is something that's mentioned where he was like, hey, I killed Spawn in my universe. I can do it again if I need to type thing. But Angstrom is ultimately just like, no, we're just here to mess up Mark's life. Nobody else's, right? So 
Um, he lays waste to New York City before being sent to the Wasteland Dimension as well, after having the notable thing about him being that he killed Spawn. And during all the cannibalism in that dimension, Mark 8 and Sinister Mark are the last two who stay in that area before Sinister Mark overpowered and devours Mark 8. So one of the things about Mohawk Mark is that he actually... He participates a little bit in the cannibalism. I said that. he, I believe he does. And then he flies away. Because they mentioned Mark 14, a.k.a. Mohawk Mark, leaving the scene. So he doesn't really engage in a lot of it. He honestly might just leave entirely. I might be wrong with that. Um, but that's when he comes back. After Mark 8 is being eaten. And I think Mark Grayson, mainstream Mark, actually shows up when Sinister Mark is finishing off his seconds of Mark 8. So Gross. he... Yeah, I walked up, I saw a panel of him walking up and running into Sinister Mark, and he's munching on something, and there's like five or six other skeletons next to him. So it's, it's made clear that he ate everybody. So that's Mark Gate. Not really that that memorable, other than the fact that I wanted to talk shit on him, because apparently he can kill Spawn, and I'm glad he's dead, so fuck him. Uh, yeah, anyways, we'll go on to Mark Four because now my hatred for Mark Gate has been completed since I love Spawn so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... Come on, you're going to kill... Again, you're going to freaking kill... going to kill my know. boy. Yep. I'm going to kill the emissary himself. This is alternate Mark IV, and Mark IV, uh, in his universe, killed his mom, and then when Omni-Man found... His Omni-Man found out, and he destroyed their childhood home, Mark IV actually killed him. Mm-hmm. So, during impressive. the Invincible... Yeah, very impressive. During the Invincible War, he fought against Oliver Grayson, so the half-brother of Mark, and... He actually gave him advice saying that if he kept repeating, he could do it and he would make it happen. But he had to earn the Omni-Man symbol that was on his chest. So Oliver Grayson basically took up the mantle of Omni-Man or some mm-hmm. version of Omni-Man, I'm sure. Yeah, it and, seems like it. I haven't totally connected the dots there, whether something happened to Omni-Man or maybe he's just off in space. But it looks like Oliver Grayson kind of picks it up. You're right. Yep. Or he's, or he's like kid... Omni Man or something. Kid Omni Man, and he's just daring to do better. Maybe that could be. Yeah, it. and so Oliver Grayson then escaped, but Mark Ford didn't chase after him. Instead, he laid waste to Sydney and was trapped in the same wasteland dimension as the others. Eventually, he was eaten as well. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of interesting. I want to talk about Mark Ford simply because of that like interaction with Oliver. Like I think that that is very much just kind of like weird and professional almost like it seems like a little bit more of an honor bound mark right so like he kills his mother that's not exactly honor bound but then his father destroys everything he knows and he slays him and he runs into oliver grayson and i imagine it's a similar situation with sinister mark where he's just kind of like you can't really hold a candle to me but i see that you're trying and i see that you're trying to do good so i'm not gonna fuck with you but I will give you a little advice because I see that you maybe could be something that I could have been. You know, it, it, it was like almost like kind of respectful in a way, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I, I think one of the things that it seems like they're doing with the alternate marks, at least the ones that I read about, is that they're portraying shades of gray really well, which I think is cool. Right. Like you can still recognize a child, even though you're evil and promote some sort of mercy without it interrupting your goal versus sinister mark you know who just saw him and was like you're pathetic i don't have anything to do with you and just left right mark four is like you can do it buddy but you gotta earn what you got which i think is like kind of really sweet and endearing almost but yeah i don't know it's a very interesting universe 
Um, Very and, interesting. And yeah. and like I said, I hope that the show continues, maybe giving all of the comics I have to offer. Because I think now you can just collect like com- the comp- compendiums of everything mm-hmm. and then and then like that's it like you have all everything from invincible but i would i really would like the show to keep going and obviously change things up when they can because right. yeah right. no we, d- we don't want the same note consistently i but... don't like i said i don't i don't think any events like especially the people who've been reading invincible since its inception i don't think they would want to see verb like basically verbatim the comic books so it's like they already read it right Right. Give yeah. Exactly. Twist it. Like change it up a little bit. Why put them through that again? Exactly. Plus, it gives you more to talk about about characters' motives and stuff like that and how they change. So, recommendations for this week are very, very short. Uh, <laughs> Invincible is just within the Invincible series. If you want to specifically read Invincible War, that's kind of a separate event, and you can find that under Invincible War. But once again, I imagine if you buy the compendium, that would come with it. I think uh, the compendium, like I said, the compendiums would be like five compendiums, which is, yeah. I don't know how many graphic novels, but if you want to get like the specific arcs, you can get those in the graphic novels. So it'll be like Invincible, Invincible War, Invincible, uh, New the Status Quo. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So like stuff, stuff like, like that. that. But if you just want all of it, I per, I mean, I don't also know how much, how expensive, how much the compendiums are. You can just get them all right there. And like the compendiums are just all the graphic novels in like five books. Right. And of course, you can always find them online. Exactly. That's all. That's always a good way to go for it. If, if you're tight with money, there are plenty of spots online. It's a new enough series. I'm sure that you could find somewhere to read it online with absolutely no cost. Or maybe just signing up for like a trial and just speed reading it through in like one exactly. session. Exactly. That's our quick little foray into the invincible universe um if you guys want to hear more please let us know because i would take love that, to talk about take it that whole... of, yeah there's lots of weird amalgams and stuff like that so we'll, we'll be looking for your votes and we'll see what happens um but yeah that has so, been this episode join us next week for another comic book character <laughs>